And from memory, last episode was you singing or you starting to say a song, which was you started quoting a song, and I can't remember what the song was. Uh, and then I started singing after you, so it's, it's that. Hopefully, it's not so so long that we get like uh, in copyright trouble. It's like five seconds at the most. Okay, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, now now that you're done doing that, I'm gonna do this. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. Getting tabled. With the Bruce, the Yank, and Captain Socks. Hello, future people. Are you again listening to Getting Tabled with your host, Captain Socks? Hello, good friends. Uh, it actually feels good to be recognized on our uh, intro, finally, again. I know it's like the third time now, but it feels good after, what, two years? Hey, hey, we recognized you when you weren't even here the first time, so <laughs> hush. George, his he's, ego's getting too big. We're going to have to take it off again. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll just revert it back. And then, of course, our man in the field on, on a remote site and location. I don't know if what, but uh, Bruce. Yes, that would be me. I am in the home of the Tasmanian devil. Not the stupid Warner Brothers one, but the one that looks kind of like a cat. Also known he, as he's, wearing different, he's wearing headphones. He's not wearing some sort of weird, like, I'm not going to go there. Um, How we been, gents? Was yeah. I here for the last one? I can't. You were here for the last one. Yeah, you were Was here I? for the last okay. one. Um, but I've been well. This is the most relaxed and calm I've been in months. What's that like? Relaxed. I, see, I can't even say it. <laughs> uh, all, I, all I can say is it's been a long time coming. That's what she said. <laughs> Newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. New ships for victory at sea. Yep. The the first thing I see when I read this is it's a good thing that the uh, the pronouns her and his both start with H. Otherwise, you know, whenever there's a change in the monarchy, the British would have to change, you know, the designation of their ships. I'd never actually realized that. Although yeah, because it's his Majesty's yeah. service and her Majesty's service. That's a good point. Yep. So I <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Victory at Sea is a game we talked about a couple of times, quite a few yes. episodes ago now. Um, so, they've actually released some new ships, starting with the HMS Ark Royal, which is... is it an actually aircraft say what? British. It's an aircraft carrier. I think they're yep. both aircraft carriers from memory. They are. No, no, the Turpence is a battleship. It's, it was a sister ship to the Bismarck. Okay. So, it's, it's quite a nice-looking ship. The Bismarck is a rather famous ship. Yeah. Yes, I... I, I... Who's making the, the statement question, Bruce? Let, let me act stupid. You don't need to act. <laughs> uh, of those two larger ships, I think, I mean, for me personally, I think the Turpies looks more interesting. Just because in my, I mean, I know that they're cool because they're kind of a huge thing in technology, but aircraft carriers kind of look really boring. There's a ship with a, with nothing on them. I mean, uh, big tower. Because, big tower. Well, and yeah. Lots of aircraft. But everything things. else is just blank. Where the, the actual battleships have like big guns and everybody loves big guns. And I don't know. It's just visually more interesting. Agreed. And then uh, lots the other of little things, airplanes. Yep. Quite literally. So you've got the Royal Navy aircraft, which is your usual small base with multiple planes on them and, this and is the you've first, got the yeah the, this is the first big box worth of aircraft that we've seen for victory at sea as well so normally they've come in four stands of aircrafts so with this a little bit bigger box you're getting eight you're getting 
seven stand, nine stands, four smaller yeah. flights, and a larger aircraft in a single stand. So it's good to see there's some more aircraft types being released. Uh, hopefully the Japanese and the U.S. Uh, forces will get their boxes here soon. I know I'm waiting for them because uh, right now all I've got is a fighter aircraft for both the American and Japanese fleets. That uh, Well, uh, if the game wants to be historically accurate, the Japanese fleet will get re- released, then we'll get the U.S. stuff. That is true. <laughs> That's not a bad point. Also, half of the US stuff will just disappear for some strange reason. Yeah, not not but, just yeah. off the table, but off off the entire storefront. So the US will have a completely new release of stuff. Moving on, though, <laughs> I thought I'd touch on Monster Apocalypse again because they actually um, showed off some new monsters that are coming. There's this giant-looking um, lion creature that they're calling Cassandra. Oh, I'm sure that Cassandra is a name that refers to something, but I don't know what that thing is. Did you Google it? No, I couldn't be bothered, but it's it's a giant <laughs> lion creature. Who cares what it is? Who cares what it stands for? It's a giant lion creature. Apparently, they are protectors. So they're obviously trying to protect the city from being destroyed. Uh, For those watching on the video thing, there's also a preceptor, which is this giant purple robot thing. Masters of the Eighth Dimension. Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, it is too. What's that guy? They also seem to have given a special name to their semi-clear resin. It's Hypercast, um, which just makes me roll my eyes because it's a silly name. It's a resin miniature. Just call it resin. Um, and this is the well, Armadex, which is a giant. It's like Godzilla meets a crocodile or something. And there's definitely not I, Cthulhu. I, yeah, I, I was going to say, with the exception of... Uh... Cassander, all of this screams uh, like old Japanese Godzilla movie stuff. Pretty much most of it, because it's all B movie. Like there's a, there is like an ape faction that is definitely not King Kong. Uh, there's definitely giant lizard stuff that's definitely not Godzilla. Um, it, it doesn't really try to hide away from that much, to be honest. There is a couple of smaller stuff as well. There's these Basher and Blasters, which I believe are the ones that go with Cassandra, and there's these other robots that obviously go with the Perceptor. But that range is getting significantly big by now. Like, for a small game that was just kind of an offshoot that they were toying with, they've genuinely moved it along. I've just realised that that entire conversation didn't show all of the things because I forgot to turn off the screensaver. So what I was just referring to, for those watching the video, Cassandra is the giant... Let me move my mouse. Is the giant line thing there the eighth dimension is the purple thing next to him this bright green resin thing on the bottom is the definitely not cthulhu and definitely not godzilla stuff now however i will move on by going to tt combat uh because i am not at home i'm running all of this off a laptop and because it's just a laptop it can't really handle me opening 20 tabs and then moving between them <laughs> so because normally what i do is open yeah well i um normally open everything in advance so that you can't see me going back and forth to the run sheet but i'm not going to be able to get away with that today um this particular news story is on twofold um the industrial governs is being released by tt workshop which is kind of an accessories pack to accessorize up your buildings it's like lots of cogs and ladders and just something you can play steampunk you can use them for yeah. yeah it's very steampunky bases and stuff is another good thing i oh, sorry um just something to toy with uh the bigger side of it however is that this also means that their mdf terrain is back online as well which had been offline for a little while same as their um because they shut the laser cutting down for a little while while things were in lockdown to try and stay well, within they, what the law was requiring yeah they, they locked down and, but then they also reorganized uh how they're going to produce stuff too as well i know that they did some yeah. reorganizing 
and they'll be doing that yeah. with their uh, their resin cast stuff too. So uh, for those of you looking for, I know people have been look, asking on the Facebook pages for uh, or Drop Zone and Drop Fleet where to get stuff because you're seeing it also as sold out on the website. Just bear yeah. with them. That we're organizing. That's because people don't look at news. Yep. Because although it was announced on every for every notification that they possibly have, Absolutely people don't read right. things. Yep. So um, this next story, although George doesn't know it yet, is for him. I'm already watching it. Yeah, because this is the Cromlech. <laughs> this is the next Cromlech thing, which is definitely not Primaris Space Wolves. Definitely not, because they're called Sons no, of they're, Thor. No, they're Sons of Thor Prime. Exactly. Not Space Wolves. But um, these look gorgeous, and they fit um, within very well. Yeah. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, uh, I'll give. They look beautiful. I could give them a solid uh, eight and a half. You know, don't see, I, you know, they don't show what the, the resin looks like and what it looks like on the sprue and how assembly goes and everything. But the finished product looks amazing. Now, yeah. you can take a good paint job and take a, you know, Citadel uh, fine crap and paint it up pretty good so it looks decent. Sorry, I meant fine cast, fine cast. Yes, yes, totally. Oh, yeah, that so, was definitely sorry. a mistake. Um, generally speaking, Cromlech stuff tends to be quite clean and well done. Uh, that doesn't mean that this is going to be, obviously, but generally speaking, they've got a fairly good reputation. I have had one of their products before. I don't remember what it was. Uh, and this is beside the dice that I brought from, the mini dice that I brought a while ago that we'd spoken about came from these guys. But I have had some of their resin stuff too. It is generally very good. But I can't talk for yeah, this I, because I, I haven't got this yet. Yeah, I don't know if I'll, I, if I'll pick any. I've, I've picked up one thing for my Space Wolves and I don't know if I'm picking up much anything else anymore for them because I've got about all I want for them. I just want to have an army to play casually with. I'm not one of these you know chasing the meta fanboy things so um mm. I, I i did get a kit to make my primaris dreadnought look more space wolvy uh i i will be doing a video on that yeah. because i am actually quite impressed with the uh, russian resin yeah they tend to have pretty good pretty good kits and now i have an, i also have a, a travel uh, soapbox too a travel soapbox they, they they use a travel soap dish to put the resin parts in to keep them from getting crushed in shipping oh oh that's actually quite clever yeah no oh, i thought no. <laughs> though they are something that just comes from a dollar store usually right but that's a good cheap way to protect something yeah, true. Just make sure you wash it first. Oh, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so next, lo uh, we loaded question time. What month is it, George? It is February. Yeah, Captain Socks. What month is it? February. So why is it that Games Workshop are showing us orc stuff? Because it's not oh, because October. Because it's not October. <laughs> I thought this was some weird loaded Valentine's gift question. That's what I thought. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> Casey doesn't want works. My wife doesn't no, want just, them either. No, I don't really celebrate Valentine's Day. I, I, If I'm dating, I tend to try to be romantic most of the time, not just in February because I've been told I have to be. I, uh, I, 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 love, I love February. It allows me to talk about the, uh, the St. Valentine uh, massacre in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. It's amusing how many people actually think that's where it started. But no, St. Valentine's Day is about 500 years old. Um, yeah, they're showing off some feral orc stuff. Uh, this is going to be for Underworlds. Um, it's like a gorgeous mini, like absolutely stunning. It's probably the best feral orc we've seen from them, though it's also the only so, feral orc we've seen them from them since the 90s. Well, I, I got a question. What's the difference between an orc and a feral orc? I thought that was the same thing. 
the other ones. Do you do where, regular um, orcs were? Oh, because it's but they're not feral. Remember, they're they're not wild. You know, blood crazed beasts. Are, are we talking in the case of orcs generally, or in the lore of the game that they represent? I was talking generally. I mean, I, okay. What's the difference between an orc and a feral orc? It's it's the same thing. I know. They storyline wise <laughs> have tried to separate them by saying that or feral orcs have like literally gone nuts uh, and try to separate themselves from the rest of the clan. They can't think clearly and stuff anymore like the other orcs can and it's a bit convoluted but i'm still not hearing any distinction between the two the thing i don't understand is why they have to be two different species to begin with why can't you just have different types of orc clans why does there have to be a storyline reason as to why these guys don't want to have armor and why they just want to use cobbled together stuff i mean does there have to be a story reason why as to why these orcs don't like the other orcs they're orcs orcs don't different ever like other orcs skin it's it's a very convoluted way of doing it but yeah i mean i like this mini it's a really cool looking mini um i also like i don't remember who it was but somebody did a photoshop of this where they took the um belt from his waist and put it where the head was and then took the head and put it where the belt was and it just looked awesome oh jeez it was really well done <laughs> and of, of course so it was tagged with don't worry games workshop i'll fix that for you <laughs> Uh, it sounds like something the 12-year-old me would do. Um. Yeah. Um, up next, we've got another preview of the Cursed City showing off some of their skeleton, their cursed skeleton. Uh, Storyline-wise, these are like what used to be the city guard and they've been corrupted and da -da -da, like as usual. The thing I found rather interesting, because there's a second link there for you two, is how similar these look to the Sepulchral Guard from Underworlds a couple of years ago. They are completely different minis, but they're very clearly, there is definitely a link there. They look mm -hmm. like they all come from the same spot. And I think that's quite a nice, whether it's a deliberate homage or whether it's just something that they did that well these look really cool let's do something like that but I, or it's I the same designer really he's nice. just like i'll just do this and like i'll be done like two weeks early yeah i'll get the sculpture a little bit <laughs> They do look really nice. I mean, it's going to be really interesting to see how this game ends up working. Um, but between this and the last thing that we saw, I would argue that we're already seeing positive things for the next uh, Warhammer quest. Whether I grab it or not is another question. I honestly don't know that yeah, I, yet. My housemate grabbed Silver Tower, and we were both tempted to grab uh, Blackstone Fortress, but didn't in the end because we kind of left it too long, and at that point it was off the store. Um, I try to be very selective with my game workshop stuff because there's so much stuff i have that never ends up getting i don't i only have so much limited time um well board games are really easy to play yes they are so. very much so i mean and and i can understand you know like you know they're in the business to make money you know they've got a great intellectual property but it's like for me like all these constant game releases is like what about imperial guard where, where is a new release for that army you know yeah. where is a new release for this where for crying out loud why why can't you do something like you know expand an army more like ju i just watched battle of the five armies today where is the dwarven mounted cavalry yeah <laughs> I, um I, don't get me wrong I, I i understand what they're doing but you know there's so much other stuff that has been around for years that and, and you'll find a lot of fans of the game saying they do this but they just neglect it socks was it you and i that was discussing something similar to this a couple of weeks ago i think so i'm trying to remember yeah 
Commentary-wise, I mean, I, I 100% agree with George, just for the fact, just for the record. And that shouldn't really surprise anyone, because I've gone on this complaining streak more than once. But the reason they do it is because, well, Space Marines are our thing. We need to build up the Space Marines, and we'll give just enough for everything else. But then Space Marines are the thing that's sold the most. So, well, clearly everybody wants that. We need to do more of those. And just another release for this to keep up. But this yep. is all the one that's really selling, so we need to sell more of this. And they've set themselves. They set themselves on a. The problem is, is that the sales indicate that they have to keep on doing what they're doing. But and if if there's gamers out there that disagree with me on this, um, not on the fanboy of well, you're not a gamer if you don't have like like genuinely if you disagree with the reason behind this. So all the thoughts on this, then be honest. But most people that only buy Blood Angels or Space Marines or Dark Angels, etc., 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 only well. Not only, but one of the main reasons that they go in that direction is not because they enjoy painting Space Marines. Usually it's because but Games Workshop never actually support these other armies. Why would I bother? I mean, Eldar, for example, is something that is gorgeous to paint. I mean, Eldar don't need a new release, uh, with the exception of quite a few units. Their, their Guardians are on the edge of really needing to be redone, for example, because they haven't been done again since... The Avatar. The, the Avatar is where I was leading to. We've said that before. Of all yeah. All of the so, models that they have that's the one that needs to be done the most and it's disgustingly bad now yeah uh, it barely well, it just, just hold as a prime example you know to, to throw their you know their sales numbers in the face uh they just did a release here you know within the last year and it went nuts uh people have been screaming about it for years and they finally did it and it just it sold like wildfire uh you ever hear of sisters of battle yeah add the necrons to that too the necrons yeah, got I mean, exactly just, the same treatment you know, and I would actually argue that the, the Necrons didn't need it as much. No, the, the, the Necrons, as they were, like, they could have gone with a couple new models, like, re redesigned mm. the, the big obelisk ship or whatever. But, I mean, that's it. You know, like, the difference between a warrior then and a warrior now, it's a robot skeleton. What, you yeah. Know. They are more interesting to paint now because you've actually got posing options, which is definitely an improvement. And I'm not downplaying. I mean, the new Necrons are yeah. good. I have been quoted as saying is that more than once, but it's not something that they needed to put stuff out for. Not when... Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, Eldar have a lot of very old units, and as a company where they're trying to get away from the finecast stuff, I think it's more than half of the Eldar range is finecast at this point. Most of the Katachan stuff is. Katachan being yeah. the Imperial Guard, for those that don't know. The, the, um, the, the Rambo and... Um, uh, uh, yeah. Whatever and Dutch. Yes, Dutch. That was the name I was trying to remember. <laughs> um, I have a story about something my niece said last night that I'm going to come into later. Um, but yeah, there's there's definitely some armies out there that need some attention. And as someone that's a huge fan of Crute, I'm not actually going to be here and go, "Where's my Crute army?" Because that's not really the same argument. No, because people um, are just going to point at you and laugh. Yeah. Well, that's not, not so much that. I actually do think it would sell very well. <laughs> um, but wanting to have an army that doesn't exist is not the same thing as this model is really old and should have been done ten years ago. Not right. Same. Yeah. No. For it's sure. Not the same argument. Oh, hey, we're, ask, uh, Captain Ooh. Sucks go. Ooh, everything went weird and we're now yeah okay <laughs> i had wondered why he'd been so quiet though so generally speaking he doesn't have a lot of opinion yeah. on the stuff anyway so, yeah especially when we start going on a rant of like why aren't you um but hey that was weird because that leads into a great segue but unfortunately captain socks isn't here to talk about the next weird thing weird <laughs> yeah I, I decided to have a look at this is another malafoe thing uh, they've released a bit of a teaser for a new mini that's coming in called The Damned, which is like a half-undead moose 
human type of thing. There's a name for what it's supposed to be. Not a jackal. Is it jackalope? Well, no. so you, what's the no, jackalope thing is a, from myth? I can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I what I what I was gonna say though. So looking at the looking at that mini though, well, the, the sculpt of it, it screams from that the board game that uh, I I'll be getting this year from uh, Mythic Games, Hell the Last Saga, the yeah. the Viking horror that looks straight like a monster out of that game. I think yeah. it looks really cool and creepy. Oh, very much so. But Weird's Malifaux was really good with the creepy stuff. Like, everything has a twist in it. Um, like, even the human stuff, when you start looking at it, the background is really, really screwed up. Um, but yeah, this thing, like, yeah, this is just gorgeous. Uh, I'm sure that it's going to be a real nightmare to build. Um, get it? Get it? Nightmare? Um, but not yeah, just, like, yeah. they are pretty well known for how complicated their builds are. Um, it does tend to, because they design something to look good, and then they work out how to split it all up later. They don't sculpt to make the casting easier. They sculpt so that they get the best end result, and then you will learn how to put it together, and it will push your skills, essentially. And message from Captain Sox is the internet went down in his part of the world. Awesome. Well, that being the case, so, do you have any other thoughts on weird oh hang on uh, oh, no. no that's jp am i here Ugh. oh hey my internet went down here at my house so i'm on my phone now so we'll see how oh. this goes okay well, i'm gonna turn you down just a hair yeah me too let's say something again real quick socks all right well, let's try this actually yeah that's good yeah just pop back up so give me a second and i'll uh join back on the computer okay the power of editing we will be back in a moment hey jp well, no, is that JP, though? I thought it was Sox's uh, thing, and he didn't have a camera because he's on his phone. Oh, sorry. Yes, you're right. Hey, everything's back to normal. Yep. Hey! Good. All right. Technical difficulties. What, Gotta love them. What happened? Did the, the, the wind go above 12 miles an hour there? Uh, yes, and took out the entire internet. That's what actually what we suspect, is when the wind gets too high, it shuts down everything internet-wise, because it's when we get horrible weather, our internet goes down out here. So, but How, how does it... How does a state that doesn't exist have more reliable internet than an area that does exist? I don't well, know. Okay, so so a little quick side story. A couple of years ago, Casey went out to Indianapolis for something that her youngest brother was doing, and she and her mom were getting weather alerts, you know, on their cell phones when they got there, and they were like, "High wind warnings! Watch out!" Da-da-da sustained winds of 24 miles an hour wind gusts of 35 and we're like uh we have sustained a 40 and gusts of 90 what is wrong with indiana <laughs> when you're not in an area so, that has things regularly you tend to be a little bit more paranoid about them absolutely well the, the thought was is indiana gets more moisture and so the ground is softer and so the trees can blow over easier mm. But the other thing is that you need to remember is like parts of the US that don't get snow, the moment that they do get snow tend to have wild warnings because people don't know how to drive in the snow. As opposed to somewhere like Wyoming where everybody's used to where it, they usually don't give the warnings for a little they bit. They have snow year-round, so everyone's used to it. That's yeah, true. Exactly. We, we have snow year-round here. All right. Where how many, how many years is... Well, we just finished talking about the weird damned model, like the okay. undead-looking moose thing, which is... Yeah. Which we thought was w- w- weird that, you know, your internet went out when we were right. talking about weird stuff. <laughs> Anyways. <yeah. laughs> 
Um, up next, looking at P-Work War Games, which is a company we did look at a little while ago because I brought a couple of their mats from them. Um, they have released like starter sets for people that just like don't have anything essentially or want, if I was playing a completely different game set, then I probably don't have terrain that's going to suit what I'm trying to do. So they've got different war sets. For example, there's one here that's like a 4 by 6 board with enough terrain to fill it, 44 by 60 etc, etc. So this they're, is a they're really smart idea. They're four different sets, but they come in three different sizes worth of terrain. Yep, yep. Which isn't bad. I have to agree. No. I mean, P-Works actually do have some good prices already, um, which is why well, I brought my so, from them. But so, And just right off the bat, too, looking at the 22-inch by 30-inch, which that's also a great display board size, too. I mean, uh, that's a good 62, point, actually. 62 euro, so about 65 bucks for us socks. Mm -hmm. uh, 187 for you, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, that's not a bad amount of terrain to, to do a, a, a display board with too. Yeah. Um, for, for those who are interested in, in doing that sort of thing, like doing tournaments and, you know, the, the group I, I, I do game with, you know, that's one of the things they're just like, Oh, I gotta get my display board ready. And some people are like, yeah, here's my neoprene mat. And I just stick my stuff on. And some people are like, I'm going to build a cabin and make it look like the tank's driving through it. And it's like, uh, okay. Yeah. So with this, I mean, yes, you've got your mat. I mean, there's going to be people that'll roll their eyes at the mat as well anyway, because some people will look at that and say, well, yeah, but that's cheating. Um, I have mixed feelings. I don't think it's cheating, but I can understand why people say that. Um, but with this, all you need is a bit of MDF to go underneath it, to carry yeah. it to the next thing. you got to spray paint the terrain. You need a black and a grey, maybe a, a very light grey to go with it. Um, I mean, you can go to nuts. I don't know if you really wanted to, but you could make it, you could make this look good really, really easily. Um, oh, yeah, for sure. Well, look at the one they've got there, you know, it's like the painted one. The, you know the starter set yeah looking at that there's six colors tops in that you got a black you got a grain a green uh rust color you got orange. some blue there for you know some rust orange uh some white looks like some you know red crates red yeah crates or something like that but yeah so, I mean, there's less the, less colors of paint in that than i have fingers so yeah I mean, having a really nice display board does matter if you're going into a competitive environment. People would argue that it's a waste of time, but it's it can actually get you points in the painting thing. Um, but at the same time, you don't want the time that's going into your display board to take away from the time that should be going on what does matter, the army. So this is a nice middle ground. Well, I was paid yeah. in peanuts to get a display board ready for a guy's army while he was getting the army ready, so... He also did take first, so you know the peanuts yeah, were invested the story a few part. times. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I thought here. that was rather than just like showing off, hey, this is a new mat. That was actually something that was genuinely something a bit different. So I thought that was actually worth looking at. Uh, this next thing is a Kickstarter uh, that. Although it might look like it, it's not just some random Kickstarter that I found. Um, we have covered Printable Terrain a couple of times, which is one of the bigger 3D printing dungeon company. They did like that underground and that goblin set where it's like caves and then there's lots of mushroomy stuff. Um, this legit looks a... like some stuff I already have. Well, that's because this is designed around their terrain. This is a piece of software that you can use to design the full layout of what it's going to be on the computer, and then it will oh, organize snap. what pieces that you have used and then print them in, in a series so that you don't have to organize it for yourself. It's just, I mean, I am possibly oversimplifying this, but it's a building thing so yeah. that you can design your buildings and it will break it down and print every piece that you need to build the thing that you've designed. Wow. This is actually, this is really cool. They're not, I, this is kind of cool. Yeah. They're not the first people to do something like this. 
Um, there is a town builder one that we discussed a little while ago um, that have a thing where you can build it. But then from memory, I think that one just told you what you had to print and then kind of listed it for you. I don't know if it organises it in the best way for it to be printed and everything. I could be wrong on that, though. Um, Printable Terrain is pretty much, I would argue, the number one company in this sort of stuff. Uh, I believe that Tinker Terrain is a joint venture with someone else, but I'm not 100% on that. I haven't spoken to them myself. Well, not for like three years anyway, because I have met them, but it was a very long time ago, and it was before we were doing the podcast. But I thought this was... <laughs> Pretty snazzy looking stuff. Looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Um, everything that printable terrain design is designed specifically to be printed without supports. Um, it is, however, worth noting, I mean, you can print this stuff on both types of printers, uh, like the usual, I'm printing a line and then I'm printing another line thing, or the resin ones, like what printer. I have. Yeah, filament, thank you. But my advice, as someone that's been playing with a resin printer, is that you're wasting your time printing this on a resin printer. I mean, it does look better. It's just a pain. It's just not worth it. You're better off going the other way with this stuff. In my detail, opinion, resins for resins for the mini uh, filaments for for yeah. this stuff you, you will get more detail out of it doing it this way but not to the point where i feel it's worth it um because this stuff tends to be designed in a way where even on a filament printer it doesn't actually look that bad i mean you're going to see the lines but it's usually done in a way where the lines actually look like they're part of the actual thing well like, and then th this is a while ago too and I, I just remember this badger made that primer that's designed to be a little thicker yep. to help hide those lines yeah. so yep um and in the case of the resin you get issues with resin printers where it kind of does like an elephant's foot on the bottom of your thing uh that kind of throw out the measurements on these things really annoyingly um and resin tends to be more fragile which doesn't suit itself to being built in terrain uh in my opinion i mean if you're going to build something and then never pull it apart again maybe but i just don't i just don't think it's worth it yeah something that you may be using to Remodulize oh, hey. new other terrain. You're gonna want that plastic. Yeah, and, and this uh, is uh, some Kiwi stuff here. Yep. The company. Yeah. 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 Like and, I said, they're in New Zealand. Yeah. Oh, that uh, explains like said, why you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they are well. Printable Run is based in Australia, but I believe this is a joint venture with someone based in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, it's possible that Printable Terrain might have staff in both areas, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Now, Captain Sox. Yes. There was a stream the other uh, earlier today. Uh, on the on Wednesday the third. So oh, okay. About four days ago. Covering so, not so, so yeah, much in the way of minis, but what's happening in Star Wars. Yeah. So Atomic Mass Games, as we all know, has taken over the Star Wars line for Armada, X-wing, and uh, Legion from Fantasy Flight Games. They had a stream on Wednesday afternoon for about an hour or so, forty-five minutes, uh, to kind of go over what they've got planned. Um, in terms of announcements and stuff and, and the games moving forward. Uh, so starting this next week on Wednesdays and Fridays, they're going to be having weekly streams going over the, the various games, some painting demos, plans for the future, new, new releases, that kind of stuff. Uh, so every, every week, uh, there's going to be twice weekly streams. Uh, and then they announced during that time that March 18th to the 22nd or somewhere around there, they're going to have four days of Twitch streams covering not just Star Wars, but possibly even uh, MCP stuff. So Marvel Crisis Protocol, they'll be covering a whole bunch of stuff. So kind of their own mini Gen Con type announcement weekend. Um, we'll be streaming a bunch of stuff. Uh, they did say that they're going to look at redeveloping organized play again that Fantasy Flight was well known for. 
for the Star Wars line games. And that's where they have their own little uh, regional tournaments, their local national tournaments that would then feed into their own world championship type tournaments. Uh, they're looking at uh, mid-year this, of this year that they'll start hosting the, the regionals and the local championships, uh, pending on COVID in your local areas as well. And then uh, looking at the later half of, of later year, later end of the year, beginning of next year is kind of their national ter- uh, championships and then moving into Worlds possibly for mid-2022. Um, they did show off some of the models that we've already talked about uh, for Armada and Legion. And so I don't want to discuss that anymore. But uh, yeah, it's some good. I'm feeling good for what uh, AMG's planning on doing with the Star Wars line. Uh, so looking forward to hearing more with their streams coming in. Yeah. Um, the Star Wars games is definitely something that you want to be, um, from a gaming perspective, you want it to be approached differently than the way that they're doing it with Marvel, which they're trying to do Marvel as a, sorry, um, they're trying to approach Marvel as a casual reward for building the community type thing, which in the yeah. case of that works, but you wouldn't want that given that the, the Star Wars scene is a lot more competitive it, it, in the way that absolutely. that other game has been designed. They, they did mention that they are thinking about bringing organised play type tournaments for MCP uh, games as well, so they were kind of tying with that, toying with that idea as well. Um, so there has MCP... been a lot of call for that in the community, so that doesn't so MCP me. players look forward to that. Uh, they are working on something to bring that in, in, in as well. So yeah, from what Fantasy Flight did with their Star Wars games, as as Bruce, as you said, Bruce, organized play type tournaments yeah. has been going on since early X Wing days, and that community loves it. Absolutely loves yeah. it. Yeah. When I first read the headline there on the run sheet, I, the first thing I thought was, what is Mercedes doing with Star Wars? <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't even thought of that. That's actually really, yeah, that's a good point. It's like, what? To be fair, the I, AMG is only one very specific part of, of, of Mercedes. Yes. Yes, but, but that one specific part does some really, really cool stuff. <laughs> you're a top gear you're, you're clearly a top gear fan uh i i'm i'm a fan of the automobile so fair enough you know if, if someone does something really cool or it looks really cool i like it yeah that's fair um, um i'm yeah, yeah i'm ahead. excited to see no i'm not just like but i'm excited to see what's coming i mean they had kind of hinted that this stuff was going to continue but they hadn't really put a line in the sand and actually said this is how we're doing it so it's good that they are actually showing off some evidence because i mean and there's always going to be that that person that's going to go oh no, 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 because that just just the way that the internet is yeah. uh, but they are they're showing their cards they are actually showing evidence that what they've said is going to happen is what's happening and yeah. that's good because they kind of need it to yeah um, they, they did if, if you for those of you that haven't seen the stream they did show models of the new armada ships they didn't show the venator but they had some mo- the actual models for three of the four armada ships coming out and they did show the aa5 speeder transport that we talked about last uh or no you guys did a couple weeks ago and yep. or no and the lat eight lat uh ie transport they did show the models for yep. those as well they look like great models uh the big spoiler uh, for the lat is it's also going to be able to be used by the clones and so a dual heavy transport that the clones or the empires can be able to use. So interesting. That makes sense, actually, if you think about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the same thing though? Clones and the empire. Pretty so much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, Depends but not... on where in the timeline you are. Yeah, exactly. If you're talking. Oh no! Don't ruin the timeline. Uh... So a lot of the people uh, that played the droid faction, the CIS, they're like, well, "Where's our heavy unit?" And so they're kind of left out. So they're hoping that a new heavy unit will come out for the droids because now 
every yeah. faction will have a second heavy unit, and they only have one with their AT tank that they have. So actually, oh, this regards- will be the third for the Rebels in the Empire. Yeah, they do kind of need something, yeah. In regards to your comment, though, George, I'm not really sure why you're saying that because Star Wars fans are the most flexible and understanding, especially when something gets changed in some small, <laughs> tiny, minor way. Do you, I, you I have friends. Are in Arizona, Bruce? <laughs> <laughs> I have friends that would probably try to kill me for saying that, especially when uh, who are obvious, they saying, I'm like being a smartass. The video. <laughs> Um, uh, have we player. got a bump? Have we got a bumper for talking about the indie yet? No, we don't. All right, fine. You need to do that. I know. Okay. I, I, I replaced the carpet that separates the the where the tile stops and the carpet begins in my kitchen today. So it's... <laughs> that's not focusing. How does on that us help us? George. Come on. <laughs> we are the ones that matter here, George. Your house can be done at any point. We only have a very small amount of time. <laughs> You are supposed uh, to serve us. Um, I, now, I, I will share Captain's... my thoughts later about serving a convict and a, uh, a guy in the Air Force. <laughs> uh, okay, so aiming for the indie, Captain Socks is going to have heard part of this spiel before. Because, um, we talked about it once before. Yes, but it got cut. Um, we had this discussion once before and the episode ran really long, so I made the decision to cut this segment for two reasons. Number one, I kind of felt like I was just ranting and didn't really explain it properly. Uh, and number two, because it was already like an hour and a half without this. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm cutting something. This is going and I'll cover it again later. So Fragged Empire is a role-playing game set in the future with the pictures of the guns and so forth. Wasn't already a dead giveaway for that. Uh, it does have spin-offs that we will talk about a little bit later. Fragged Empire is actually designed by a guy based in Melbourne, uh, which is not why I'm covering it. Um, I discovered this originally at PAX Australia and was kind of like, oh, I love this. Uh, and then just kind of dug deep into this. Um, there is a couple of, because this was so successful, they have had spin-offs. There is a Fragged Kingdom, which is essentially the same rule set, but for something that would suit Dungeons and Dragons. Fragged Seas, which is Pirates essentially. Fragged Eternum is kind of like a Dark Soulsy type idea. There is a Cyberpunk that got done recently as well that's not being shown here. Uh, all of the prices that you're looking at in the video are Australian dollars. That's what AUD means. Um, they do actually have a miniatures line too, which is very limited, but they are very nice. Um, the, the key setting of the story, because it's based in the future, clearly it has to be Apocalypse at some point because that is the law of sci-fi. Um, this is not just post-apocalypse though. This is post-post-apocalypse. You've had two apocalypses. Um, basically at the point in the story where Fragged Empire is starting is whoever's left over is kind of just starting to get back to the point where they can explore again and they're reconnecting and some of these people used to be enemies. They're not anymore. There's tensions. So if you're thinking of some of your traditional D&D stuff, you're probably getting a good idea. Um, there's definitely cultural tension there. It's been built in deliberately um genetic engineering is a huge part of the story humanity literally doesn't exist anymore at this uh this isn't a where has humanity gone basically the characters that you're playing is things that humanity has created or what humanity created created uh humanity is that long gone at this point that humanity is myth um which i kind of saw oh, as interesting a, ooh, i 
I could have fun with that because it's kind of fun to twist things that you know and make it that it's... Yeah, because looking at the scenario thing, the first time I'm thinking is like, okay, so it's it's Shadowrun, but with with 3d6 but the fact that there's no human element which i kind of like i mean who sits down and plays dungeons dragons like i'm gonna be a human warrior uh the people that do that generally want to be overpowered you can go outside with a sword and you're a human warrior well yes until you're arrested what do human warriors do in the DD? they get into fights and they get arrested and then they have to break out jail and then Mm, that's fair that's actually a very good point As George alluded to, uh, this is a 3D6 system, literally three. That's everything that you use. Um, everything that you do in this game is based around 3D6. Um, there's so bonuses and penalties depending on the difficulty of things. Um, it's designed specifically to be adaptive because the guy that was creating it kind of was like, well, it doesn't matter the story that I create. Everybody's always going to eventually try to make something of their own. Uh, and so it was designed so that you could just essentially cut and paste, which is where the C's and stuff comes in. So qu- quick question then. So since this guy's uh, based off Australia, is yep. he selling and distributing dice for Australia so that they're calibrated to work <laughs> in the Southern Hemisphere and not roll ones all the time? <laughs> Uh, good question. You can get Socks dice it. from him. I, but just, they... I love the look on Sox's face, though, as soon as I started to say that, because he knew right where right, 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 going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I didn't, of course. Um... <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the website talks about how it's non-linear progression. That is essentially what you're thinking it is. You can go in different paths and stuff. That, that's fairly standard for most rule sets now. Um, there's specific rules around spare time and what you're doing and that sort of stuff. I have played a game of this with some friends. Um, there is a very good storyline. But you know how if you play role-playing games, most of the pre-created missions tend to be rather crap? Um, I mean, I know that D&D pre-mates have their fans, but a lot of people don't even look at them Mm -hmm. because they want to create their own thing um the story let sleeping gods lie is if you're interested in this sort of setting i would argue the perfect place to start it gives you a story where you legitimately don't know where it's going unless you're the gm obviously um well i'll give you the pitch without ruining it yeah can i stop you real quick and go back half a step uh the more and more i'm clicking on stuff and read through this I think this is a really great thing, and here's why. So if you go to the free downloads, you got character yep. sheets. Okay. Yeah. You got GM sheets, quick start rules, sample adventure, yep. pre-made player characters. You literally could sit down with a group of people who knows nothing about playing an RPG, rolling dice, and no one who has GM experience. They got sheets to help them out. Like yeah. beyond yep. just a pre-made adventure. Uh this, and this is really cool. It even gives you some sample audios that you can use. Yeah. Uh, I, this is not this that they're hard to find, but. 20 some odd years but the first time i played DD, it was you know there's a group of us were like yeah we're talking about that we're like no none of us have played it we just happened to randomly find one guy he's like oh yeah i played all the time i used to dm and like yeah. that's how we were finally able to play because we're like we had no clue yeah. what we were doing yeah and and to have all of this like handed to you like here i mean it's very telling of today's society but for games i think it's a very important thing to 
make sure everything that you need to play the game or an example of how to play the game is provided so that you can play the game. Yeah, lots of sample artwork to give you an idea of who the characters are. Um, the books are actually quite a good read too, ironically. Um, but no, I definitely agree with you on that. There is some companies that do this stuff um, in our industry too, really, but not not enough of them. Game, not uh, a prime example, TT um, Combat. You buy a box, you can play a game, yeah. you know? Yep. Games Workshop. You have to buy 12 boxes before you play a game. You know, that's how it is. Pretty much. Okay, um, 12 is an exaggeration. It's 10. <laughs> 11. Depends on the army. Yeah. But then you also, have to go out, you also have to go out and spend $150 to get the book with the rules. Oh, plus right, the right. Plus the actual rules, not just the rules for your army. And then the supplement for the version of the army that you're playing. Sorry, are we being salty? My, sorry, my mistake. <laughs> either, either Captain Sucks' internet froze again, or he's just glazed over. He's glazed over. <laughs> <laughs> For Captain Sox's uh, benefit, you know, you know how with TT Combat, like you get the book for the game yep, and that's it. Yep. With Games Workshop, you at minimum would have to buy two books before you can even start playing. Minimum. And I mean literally minimum of two. It's in the new session. It's eventually going to be you'll need to buy three. Jeez. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, all of the, the like Dark Angels have a supplement, and you need the Space Marine Codex for it to work. Same with the Blood Angels. It's going to be the same with the Space Wolves if it's not already. It's just the way it is. It's the way they used to do it. Anyway. Um, the opening story I was talking about a minute ago, and this is where I'll leave it off. You guys start essentially in the middle of a market planet. It's kind of like it's an expensive place to be. You've kind of run down most of your money. You don't have a lot left. It's the usual sort of story of how you end up being a level one character. You've kind of gotten yourself into that situation. You end up getting a job because this old technology ship has kind of drifted out from an asteroid belt and it's kind of accessible for the first time in a long time. It's like, I want you to get me that ship. And this ship is like so old. Uh, because this is post-apocalypse, technology is not as good as it used to be either because it's always not as good as it used to be either. Um, so it's like, this is potentially worth a lot of money. Um, but it doesn't end up just being as simple as the crew gets to the ship and you have to fight off things and then you take the ship over and figure out how to fly it back. It ends up having one really big twist. Um, like there's a competitor that's trying to get the ship before you. It's something that I like having in games. It's not something that tends to get done a lot. I kind of like in D&D where you have like a non-player character party that's trying to beat you to all of this stuff. It gives you a rivalry. In something that's not just the usual, I'm evil. Um, but there's actually a bigger twist that you shouldn't see coming. Um, and that by the time you do figure it out, it's potentially too late. Mm -hmm. um, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun with that. And depending on where the story goes at the end of the day, gives you a really good launching pad to either just do whatever the hell you want or follow what it because there is a next story after this if you want to keep on going down that path and i kind of especially in the case of what you were saying george where people don't know the setting or haven't played a role-playing game before i like having the option of starting with a story that actually works and isn't just a to b it actually has a couple of different paths that you can go down some some potential choices that you can make that you'll regret or not regret and so on and so forth um after we finish recording i might tell you guys what the twists are i don't want to mention it on recording for obvious reasons because then it kind of ruins the story uh and then maybe next time you can tell me what you actually thought about the actual story itself well i'll tell you what i think right now the core rule book that is listed on this link at for uh, 90 aud that's 65 bucks it's also about that thick <laughs> really yeah, it's actually a really big book. You wow. can buy digital ver you can you can buy digital versions of these too. Well, I just like, look at the prices of this because they do have a US Canada store. Yeah. 
Yes. And the, the price is super reasonable on a lot of the stuff. Um, and then the shipping, uh, it's $10 to U.S. mainland postage. Yep. Not bad. Um, about the only thing that's, you know, pricey, and, and Games Work- Workshop has done a great job of uh, acclimating people to this, 25 Australian dollars for, for mini, which, and then five bucks yeah. for, for the shipping, which is 30. So $23 a mini. Yep. But to be fair, oh, the core rule book's actually sold out at the moment. But yeah, watch I, it; yeah. it will eventually it will eventually come back. Uh, if I click on something, I don't actually have my rule book with me. Otherwise, I'd check how many pages it is. But it is it's actually a thick book. Uh, personally, I have the digital versions of everything, with the exception of the protagonists archive that I have a physical copy for. Um, and that's because I actually won a huge set of these many many moons ago. I got really lucky because I never win anything uh but i backed the protagonist's archive on the kickstarter and got that that opened up a couple of new races and some of which that are really fun there's a couple of races where it's like you have two kind of like two brains at the same time that are working against each other it's quite unique it's not actually brains but yeah however what's up next is it hobby time i think it's hobby time i think it's hobby time stop I just thought of a new bumper there for stop hobby time. <laughs> <laughs> What's MC Hammer doing these days? Can he record that for us? Uh, he is still around. What is he doing? I Captain Socks. <laughs> Abs- what are you? What are you up to? Nothing. So Bruce and I were talking about this, having five kids and three to four five lazy. nights. Yeah, absolutely. Three to four nights during the week, I'm out doing stuff, whether it's karate or other kids' activities. So. It, running around or watching the other half of the kids while mom is running them around. Uh, what the heck are you doing? You have five kids. That's a D&D party right Actually, there. we spent four hours playing D&D today, actually, this afternoon. So you have done all that. Is that. A- so, that is absolutely awesome right there. So, my yeah, my oldest three boys, youngest is eight. He'll be nine in April. And the, and the, and the wife is, we're all doing a D&D session. I ran them through uh, Trusted Our Manor and the Lost Minds of Found Ever kind of going through this starting scenario for him before we start getting into the the fun stuff later on so do you want to count that as hobby time that's what i've been doing as as for not only is it hobby time not as only hobby time it's also family time which is makes it like a double double kill right there absolutely so as for all of the excuses george are you familiar with the term racing drivers excuses i feel like right now (laughs) (laughs) i can't talk too much about it what have you been up to george other than laying carpet uh, or pretending to. Or finishing kitchens. Oh, so yeah. No, no, no. Well, Casey's uh, been finishing kitchens. He's just taking super. the credit for it. Well, uh, I've been going through and managing all my Kickstarter projects. <laughs> <laughs> the ones that uh, we're going to stop stop doing. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, all the white box samples have been released for Ankh. Uh, stuff looks fantastic. Uh, Hell, the last saga they're putting out for playtesters. Uh, nice. I'm not taking part in that be- because I don't have the time to playtest. Uh, the cool thing, though, is Mythic Games on their little, you know, like, you know, What's Up Wednesday, they're like, so we got so many applications, and there's applications of people who want to do it as a group, and then there's a bunch of people because they said this game could be played solo mode. There's people like, I want to play test this by myself, and they're like, this is great because that's what we need to test, too. So um, yeah. then I've got Isis Vanguard that I need to wait for the play manager. I have Nemesis coming i have uh i got my massive darkness 2 all lined up uh 
So no, uh, you'll be oh, with that, you the, for the next year and a half, two, uh, five. Decade? Decade? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, because also, too, Bruce, um, I, I I got a pledge in on Primal the Awakening. Ah, uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. So That did look good. Yeah. I So... Uh, I've been spending a lot of time getting all those ducks in a row, row for stuff. And now I'm sitting here thinking, yeah. like, where am I going to put all this stuff now? Well, that's the thing. Speaking of, at some point before the end of February, you and I are going to be playing a game, at least a game, of Super yep. Fantasy Brawl. Which, hopefully, we're going to get a record on. We're probably going to run it through ourselves first before we do that, though. I know you've had a couple of games with your family, but I haven't had a game of it at all yet. So, uh, just one game with Sam. So, yeah. Um, that being said, did... um, I also did. I did pick up a tabletop simulator, so I can start running through some of these games now and learning the rules, yeah. so that it's not like here's twelve boxes of something. Crap! Now I have to read the rules for this. Yeah. yeah. So I have a couple. Speaking of tabletop simulator, I have a couple as well. I've uh, so I've got the new Drop Fleet mod. I've got a couple. Hordes of board games on there, and so I will, I love that platform. It's such a great little platform to, to be able to play games online with folks. So I had the old version of the Drop Fleet one before they fixed it. Yeah, and I gave up almost instantly because it was really confusing. Um, but from what I understand, they fixed most of the questions that I that, had about it. So. so I tried out the new one a little bit, and it's awesome. Uh, very easy to set up. Very easy to play a game. Um, yeah. So right now the, the models are all 2D, but I know they're working on trying to get 3D models built into the mod. So and then yeah. the same team that did the drop fleet is going to be working on a drop zone mod. So that'll be nice. Yeah. Which there is a lot of call for that. Yes. Um, hobby wise for me, this will be your chance, Captain Sox, to have a back go back yeah, because I, I have been on holiday. I haven't even been in the same state. Well, as of last Friday. Yeah. Um, I did, however, get the two eagles painted. Um, I had kind of touched on the fact that I was making up some gifts for family. Uh, it got received well, so that that's good. I was kind of nervous about that. If anybody watched my video on the subject, you know how nervous I was about that. Uh, Mums is currently sitting on top of her fridge. Nan's is sitting on the dresser drawer in front of her. Nan, I had to do a smaller one for Nan because she has practically no space anywhere because she's in a caring facility. So, And if anybody's ever been in one of those, the rooms are not big. So, yeah, that went well. Um, there was a potential that I was going to bring a hobby down with me. Um, it was a matter of if something had have arrived in time or not, but it didn't and arrive it didn't. in time, so I have yeah. no, it didn't. It was a small window that it would have, um, but I wasn't putting my, I think I touched on this last time as to what it was. There was a, there's an RC car that I was looking at. Well, I am looking at, I'm just waiting for it to get here. Um, and it was arriving in February, but I didn't know when in February. I had suspicions that it would be the end of February, but I was like, maybe, maybe I'll get lucky. I wasn't lucky. Um, looking into it more, though, hobby-wise, there is something I kind of wanted to discuss on the RC front. Have either of you ever done, like, the build-your-kit RC stuff? I tried. Yeah, I've done one. Mine was okay. in a car. Mine was going to be an airplane and out of balsa wood. Yeah, that was going to be yeah, a nightmare. Sure <laughs> so I gave yeah, up. Yeah, no... Yeah. So now, I did a a, a TA. No, you're, you've got the TA01. I can't remember which one I have. I had, but it was it was more of a, a rally car uh, chassis setup. Yeah. So was yours pre-painted or not? No, no, mine was not. Yeah. Okay. So Wait. you'll get what I'm going to go to. Let, let let me backtrack. the The kit came with a pre-painted body. Okay, I then so proceeded to go and buy additional bodies and then paint them myself. Oh, so you do know where I'm going with this then? Because the thing I found interesting. Um. Okay. So 
when we're painting things in our hobby, there is a very set way in which you do most things. You'll start with yep. your darker colours and you work to your lighter and so on and so forth. Uh, and the last thing you do is you're highlighting because you can't put it on first because otherwise you won't see it. It'll be underneath everything. RC cast is the other way around, which took me... I mean, the moment I heard why, it made sense. But it's also really weird because when you're painting an RC kit, and George will know this, you paint the inside of it, not the outside of it. Yep. yep. And because you're painting the inside of the body, the highlighting needs to be first. Um, now, a lot of people don't bother with, like, great detail like this because they let the decals kind of do most of their work for them. But well, so the, so kit that, the kit that I'm waiting on is a pre-painted body, but I'm going to be getting a different shell for it that I intend to paint up. And I'm deliberately going to do something that is not looking anything like the box. Deliberately so that I can watch all of the RC, uh, all of the RC guys tear their hair out trying to, get, trying to figure out why I would have the audacity to paint something and not make it look like the box. Well, yeah. So I'm yeah, no, making the, the play joke that I do it to historian games. Yeah, no, the yeah, it, it took me a second to wrap my head around the whole like. So you mask off the areas that you don't want the body color. Yeah. Then you do the body color because that's like the biggest and the fanciest looking. Then you start peeling back the masking and doing a, a layer, and you you know at a time. And so typically yeah. the last layer that you peel off for the people who do that is is the window masking, and then you do your layer of black to put black behind everything and the windows. Yeah, depending on the colors. Because if you have bright depending. colors, you want to back it with a white. To make them pop. Well, except for yellow. Except for yellow. Interesting. Yeah. If you you want you want to you want to put down like a good heavy yellow, and then if you hit it with a black, it'll actually make the yellow look richer. Interesting. Hmm. The suggestion I was reading went the other way. Uh, although they were talking about fluorescent paints, that might be why. Yeah. That's no. If you're if you're doing like a metal flake, you know, like looks like auto paint. Yeah. Oh yeah, with metal. Yes. Yes. You're right. Yeah. Um. Now, Captain Socks, I suspect that my earlier question to you probably makes more sense now. It absolutely is now. Because he's going <laughs> silver and green. I was like, what is, why is he talking about designing a car and asking about green and silver colors? Now it absolutely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. My plan for the, the other body that I'm going to do is I want to paint it up to make it look like it's a car that was sponsored by us. Oh, nice. So my my question was, do I do it different grades of green or do it like a green and a silver or a green and a white? I was leaning towards the green and the silver, which is also the way that socks went. Um, there's options for like a metallic green or a regular green. I'm thinking that I'll go with the regular green, like a darker color, but a regular green because then the silver will pop a li little bit more. Um, and I'm going to kind of do my own decals, try and get a decal done up of the logo and another one done with our names on the side with the flags to make it look like we're the drivers. That, that's the idea anyway. That will be a long-term plan because I'm not ready for that. But that's that sounds pretty snazzy. Yeah. Or at the very least, I because I could do the body, but the um the doing my own decal because decals can be done at any point. It doesn't really matter if I do the decals now or later. And if I want to do custom ones, then I can do them in a month or so's time. My theory is either one of two things: either it's mainly green. And then I have like silver pinstripes. That's the way that I'm leaning. Uh, the other option is just that it's like green with like the front half of it silver or something like that. I'm not 100% sure on that, but I'm going to try and make it look like it's like a fairly standard looking touring car look. So most of my hobby has been research as opposed to hobby, apart from the gifts that I gave away. Otherwise. So that being said, too, I need to get going on my Blood Bowl army because it started and my first opponent is just like, hey, when can you play it? I'm like, uh, February? Yeah, in February. Um, I thought you'd already started on that. 
Yeah, well, so I've got the base done. I've got the decals done. It's been like that for before, before COVID kitchen. started, before kitchen. So it's like I need to do the pants. I need to do the boots. I need to do the hair. I need to do the skin. I need to do the 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 weapons. At the yeah. risk of being that guy, it doesn't have to be fully painted to play a game. No. So look, but... usually, I mean, I don't know about the league that you're that you're in, but usually most leagues is more along the lines of you need to have it done by X amount of games. Well, and this is a pretty uh, 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 loosey-goosey league. Uh, one of the guys doesn't well, own a single, of an issue. Uh, Games Workshop Mini. He 3D prints all of his stuff. That's fine. So, but but it's it's me and my personal pride of I need to get it painted when I play with it. Yes. So. But how long do you expect this person to wait for you? Oh, I'm, pl- I'm planning trying to get in there sometime this week. Well, we expect you to have your painting done by one. <laughs> Shall we move on to game talk? Yes. Uh, game talk. Talk nerdy to me. So this episode, we are returning to Drop Fleet Commander, and we are going to be discussing the lighters. The newest class of ships. George looks very confused. Yeah, because the last time I tried to use this this uh, thing, it didn't work. Well, it works. I've got, I've got it open. Yeah, I thought I did, but then I remembered I restarted my computer. That's right. So, Ing, as you have yours open, what are you discussing first, the UCM or the PSA? UCM I stand up right now, so... Does does George need an idea of how this one works? Like, I had to show him how the the drops... Yeah, probably. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We'll we'll have to cut this out in editing, then. Oh, wait, I found the lighter. Okay. Okay. That's a stealth lighter. It is a stealth lighter. So, yes, this is the... The Lysander, it's a stealth lighter. It's also a launch uh, dropship with a launch of one. Uh, and Barracuda Missile Base is its uh, only weapon, really. Uh, 27 points, you got one to three grouping uh, with zero signature. So it's a full cloak, uh, rare ship. So pretty nice that you can uh, zip these up the board with a thrust of 12 inches. Uh, get them down into the atmosphere with atmospheric uh, rules. And start dropping ships or launch assets pretty pretty fast. Uh, how fast are the Scourge regular drop ships? They're uh, Bruce. Are they twelve inches? Can't remember. It's been a while since I played. No. Um, uh, Shalkari were twelve. I think everything else is like six to eight. Or I think Scourge. Or ten. Or I was gonna say I think Scourge was around ten, if I remember correctly. Uh, that's the way I was leaning. But hang on. So we're just talking about strike carriers and stuff, right? Well, the, the well, yeah, the strike carriers themselves, the Scourge, yeah. Okay, so strike carry. No, no, strike carriers are twelve. Okay. Um, damn it, I went back. So strike carriers are twelve. Uh, let's have a look at a destroyer. That is ten. So that's where your ten's coming from. Is the regular ships? Yes. Okay. Is there just a lighter per faction? There is one lighter per faction. So don't go looking for it. Okay. So okay. Yeah, only one right now per faction. Um, so this one's only. It's two inches faster than the New Orleans strike carrier, the normal strike carrier that the UCM have, but still, in some of those longer, di- especially the diagonals type of games, this will come in handy for the UCM. Um, especially if you're having full cloak, that'll be huge. Yeah, full cloak mm. is, is fairly awesome, uh, dealing with a faction that, you know, they have uh, rather large signatures yes. when they uh, use an ability. Um, I, I, I like it. Um, I, I think the model looks pretty cool, too. It's very, very sli- sleek. Yes. It's very, um, yeah. your typical it UCM does... uh, scan range. Yep. Um, Number six, that's it's a little harsh. But I understand, I mean, it's a very, very light, small ship, so I can understand the six armor pull of two. Um, 
So. Yeah, that makes sense. But you're not going to yeah. be using it, needing to use it that much if you're not getting popped with scans or you're not uh, doing uh, double boosts on your moves and you're you're adding those scans to yourself, those uh, signatures to yourself. So yeah. Um. So I'm guessing that we are going for the scourge next. Yes. So for the scourge, that wait, that's UCM. For the scourge, we have the Hiruku Hiruko, which is a boarding cutter. Um. So this is a ramming ship, which we will come back to and explain in a second. Got a six-inch scan again, fairly typical. Signature of two, so this is nice and small. It's kind of in line with the um. Uh, what are the other small ships called? Monitors. No, the ones where you no, get like uh, the nickels and stuff. Oh, the, the nickels. Yes, Corvettes. Corvettes, thank you. So it's the same sort of as those. These actually have a thrust of 14, so it's actually a bit bigger. Uh, they've got a hull of 2, an armor of 6+. plus. Again, I kind of get that. Point defense of 1. They come in a group of 1 to 3. Um, L is... Oh, light. light. Sorry. Yep. This is outlier, so this is something that can kind of go by itself. It doesn't have to stick in the group. Ramming ship. This ship may ram enemy ships, even no. though it is a light tonnage. Additionally... When determining the attack dice from ramming ships, double this ship's original hull. Ramming hits from this ship have the Corruptor special rule. So literally, this is those things that you see in sci-fi movies where the entire ship is designed to ram and then cut through the ship. So in the case of like the old Justice League cartoon, they had these ships that kind of gripped onto the side and then cut through until they got through and then enemies came out of it. So in theory, these things, all of these things on the are front here are lasers. Are you sure about... About the outlier special rule on that ruse because i don't think that sounds right open is the one that allows them to go on their own outlier allows them to stay outside of the normal battle group grouping yes but the ship that sh that group of ships has to stay together okay yeah that's... outlier they still have yeah. to stay together as their their sub their little squadron but yeah within yeah, yeah okay. the actual battle group themselves they can be out outside of that cohesion realm because you will have to take this along with something else, um, and it doesn't yeah. have to stay next to that something else. Yeah. Because um, so you're going to ram into something. Um, 18 yeah, you're points. going to ram into something, the laser cuts through, and then it lets out all of the... Uh, what's the... Yes, thank you. The worms, yeah. Uh, Plasma Torch has a lock of 4+. It's got D3 attacks which is either really good or really bad. For me, it's bad because I'll roll ones all the time. One damage, and it's a front arc, which kind of makes sense. Um, I like this. I like this a lot. Um, it's only a close action, so you have to be close anyway, and there's no reason why you wouldn't want to be. You'd probably get um, one shot in to get close action before you ran the ship, so... Yeah, I actually do have a packet of these. I haven't built them yet. Um, they're 18 each, just for the record. Um, I like, like I said, I like there's a lot. I am looking forward to playing these in a game because I have a feeling these are something that are either going to do a lot of damage mm -hmm. or they're not. Um, it, I have a, this is something that could go either way. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very much looking forward to using these. I have a feeling that people are going to hate them, and when I say people are going to hate them, I mean because of what they do. They're going to hate to see them because they don't want to face them. Because they're light, that means that you can get them down so it's too hard to hit them and then bring them back up and then ram and it's yeah, all kinds of awesome. 18 points, that's 54 points to bring three of them. So it's, they're cheap Yeah, to bring three ships to, to potentially do six whole damage depending on if you actually hit them with the ramming or not. So yeah, which could cripple a, a, a normal cruiser or seriously damage a heavy cruiser. So... Yeah, they also look really cool. Personally, I think that. Um, up next, I believe PHR is the one that you want to. Yeah, the Hypocrates. Discuss. So it's a gorilla lighter, uh, thirty points, uh, six inch scan against two inch signature with a thrust of ten. 
Hole of two, armor five, obviously with the PHR armor that they kind of have, they have better armor than everybody else, as we know. Uh, 30 points piece with the grouping of one to two. It can be atmospheric as well as outlier, so it can go off and fly on its own, as we just, just discussed. Uh, when I read this, it's an EM sabotage type of ship. So when I first read this, or they must have updated I don't know, either one. Uh, if this weapon hits, the target ship gets put on silent running orders until the end of its next activation. I think I missed that end of, until the end of its next activation. And so when I first read this, I thought it was only designed against one faction, and that was the Shaltari, primarily because to get rid of their shields. But since it's any ship at the end of its activation, I think that's just really, really good. Because, yes, you're, you're, you're putting them on silent running, so their signature's going to go down to zero, but that means that they can't shoot at you except for one weapon system. Until the end of the not- what, what was it? What was it, what was the name of Evigan Socks? Hippocrates. Hippocrates. Okay. Well, it's it's a gorilla lighter, so I I think it's named wrong. I I think it should be called the Harambe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. By the way, um, I know that I said that I wanted to get a whole thing of gorilla miniatures for an army, but this is not what I meant. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> now I I like this. There's two. Can you shoot yourself if you wanted to? I- don't think you can. Okay, never mind. You couldn't use this on yourself to get yourself silent, right? It would be nice. Because my That'd theory be, was... That yeah, would be ridiculous. So yeah, I have this like, dreadnought that I've just used, and I've gone weapons free, and it's, well, it's now a, as hot as hot can it, be. Yeah. And it's, 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 that would it's be in the broken. same battle group. That, it's in the same battle group, so you're like, let me shoot this, you know, like you said, dreadnought, and just... Weapons free it. Boom. It is, yeah. I'm going to shoot it with this. Overbloom the it's, entire uh, thing, and then uh, can't see me anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So, Especially uh, when it doesn't do any damage. Yes. Right? Yes. Lucas, can we get... So, um, Lewis, can we get a, um, a confirmation on that? Yeah, if you happen to be listening? Or Michelle? Um, because we'll get an answer from Michelle before then. Yeah. Yeah. But but j- just FYI, Captain Sox will agree with this. Friendly fire isn't. No, no if this one doesn't do any damage. I have to agree with that. If it's doing zero damage, then I, I'm all up for the friendly fire on this with this ship alone. Like we all discussed. <laughs> wow. I'm, wow, it's a good thing you're looking the air at, for it. <laughs> well, in the case of this, if you're shooting something that needs the silent running, you're protecting it. Yeah. If you're shooting at something that needs to use its gun still, then you're stopping it from using its gun. Or if you or if you're facing Shaltara and you want to get rid of those shields real quick for at least two turns, yeah. this is the way to go. This, yeah. It works well potentially both ways. Yes. Yeah. I have I, a feeling I, I that I'm going say... to be wrong and that you can't use it the way that I want to use it. I don't I, think I, you're I, gonna I, be I, able I, to do that. I, I think they're gonna come out and say, like, no, you can't shoot yourself with this. That's that'd be too overpowering for the PHR. Yeah, that that it would be broken. Like you there's very little that you could do to help that. Because then there's no downside to going weapons free. Mm-mm. Especially with the um, Romulus and with especially with the Romulus yeah. with their overcharged uh which we'll discuss in a couple episodes when we go over to the dreadnoughts, but a fourteen yeah. burn through weapon that you can overcharge and double up to twenty eight damage potentially. Yeah. Uh George, did you want to discuss the helium? Well yes, I would like to discuss helium. <laughs> <laughs> um 
So in traditional Shaltari fashion, uh, it has a scan of eight more than the other lighters. It has a signature of one eight, which means this has shields, apparently. Um, thrust yeah. of 16, so uh, it, it, it'll get out there before anything else. Uh, hull of two, that's a pretty big hull. Uh, as far as, you know, I mean, if you look at the uh, uh, the, the glass Corvettes, which are one hull, and but those are mm. stupid cheap. Yeah. Um, Armor, armor six five, uh, three point defense groups of one to three tonnage light, uh, atmospheric, uh, outlier and vector. So atmospheric obviously goes in the atmosphere outlier doesn't have to stay with the group, but the group of three have to stay together and then vectored, which means you can make two turns in your movement phase. So with a 16 inch doing and being able to do a vectored turn. Wow. That's, that's pretty nice. Turn up to 90 degrees. Uh, yeah, uh, void skip. If this ship goes on standard orders within six inches of void gate, rather than making a normal move, you play place it within six inches of another void gate in the void gate chain within 18 inches as, as normal, facing any direction, and it receives a minor spike. It may be put within one orbital layer up or down of the void gate it is placed it by. When doing this, the whole group must move together. Um... Just, that's not broken. It's just nasty. <laughs> it's nasty. That's, yeah. That I'm over here. Okay, well, I'm gonna focus all the stuff over here. Okay, well, they're over here now. That's exactly how the old Shaltar used to play in drop zone, is you could move your entire army in a single turn, pretty much. And they just copied this right into drop fleet. Yep. Yeah. So now, now and when you get when you go into the weapon, you, it gets even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna say here's here's the next gross part. It's a Shaltari weapon, so it's got a lock of three up, just like every other Shaltari weapon. Uh, you only get one attack. Usually, you get like two, three, four attacks with that. But this one's doing two damage, so that's yeah, that's that's even better. Let's see. Let's let me click through here real quick. Uh, it's also front attacks, and side. Um, yeah, front and side. Two, three, three one damage. Arc. Uh, yeah. So. Like all these other ones are five up, four up, a four up. So this is the three up. Let's see. Yeah, it's a three up. So uh best ratio to hit with because that's three, four crit on five, six. So two-thirds of your results are, are gonna hit. Uh if it gets through two damage, that's cool. You know, that'll that'll take out half of a frigate easy. Yeah. Um and then yeah, the, the arcing on it. Um 27 points. Uh this is this is what the original cost of the uh the glass was, if I remember correctly. You know, it was this a, is, I think so it was before the point reduction. Yeah, so does anybody overall, disagree with this, me when I say this is must take? No. I would take this playing as uh, I would I would take a grouping of these. I would take I this would playing take as over. bloody scourge if I could. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh I, I I would take uh I'd probably take two groups of these. Oh yeah, yeah, that'd be good. Because um, imagine the harassing you could do with it. Uh, what is it? Three so of them in each group. Four, so a forty-eight inch table. Uh, this moves sixteen inches. So that's more than a quarter of the board in a turn. Oh, but if you're a typical Shaltari player and you get a drop gate chain in place, well, you could just move anywhere on the board in a in a yep. turn without you know thinking about it. So. Um, it's atmospheric, which that's the one thing that, you know, in my opinion, the Shaltari have really lacked in as far as the ship type. is an atmosphere. Yeah. Is, yeah. is atmospheric weapons. Yeah. Cause sure. The, you know, the, the void gates can go atmospheric, but you know, one shot five up. Ooh, um, yeah. correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but atmospheric means that you can use your weapon in atmosphere. Not that you can get into atmosphere. Yeah, you can use it in atmosphere without... You can shoot without into penalty, atmosphere yeah. with other weapons, but that's always on a six. Yeah. Yeah. 
So because yeah. getting into atmosphere is a thing about your weight class, not about a rule from memory. My rule uh, is there. No, it's it's because all the frigates except for the strike carriers for the PHR and UCM can go in atmosphere. Only the strike carriers for UCM and PHR can go in atmosphere because they have atmospheric rules. Oh, okay. I stand corrected then. Um, so atmospheric, atmospheric allows you to shoot into get into atmospheric, uh, but it also sometimes applies to the weapon itself as well that you can allow it to shoot shoot into atmospheric without having that six plus lock. Yeah. Right now. Well, wait, wait, wait. So, go back. So, so, and this weapon, it's it's only a collection, so it doesn't have the atmospheric special rule. But at, it's close action weapons work in atmosphere because it's a close action. It's not yeah. a ranged weapon. Yeah. yeah. So, right. but but it's a Shaltari, so it has a range of eight. Yeah. You know, um, you know, Scourge have you know a, a scan of six. <laughs> yes. So yeah, that's the lighters. Uh, Resistance, I don't believe, have a lighter. But, yes, they do. Uh, they have the Seneca. Oh, did I? I was just looking at that. I didn't think it was a lighter. Yeah, it is. But, um, it's gross. Are we just going to cover this with everything else resistance, like we said in the previous one? Yeah, we can just cover this with, with all resistance yeah. stuff. So okay. we'll hold off Okay. On. But they do have a lighter as well. Cool. Okay. Oh, upcoming events? Upcoming events? Oh, you still don't have one. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all right. I, I remember saying this a while ago. We we've done upcoming events so long without a bumper. I thought it was a, like the thing we don't have a bumper for it. <laughs> I have a bump. I have a bumper for it. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll get one going here. I have a bumper for everything. Uh, Project Five Hundred is still going. Uh, we are just now doing the month of February now instead of January. So again, it's trying to paint five hundred points of either drop fleet or drop zone each month. The idea is general hobby motivation. I don't know of a competition that's happening in te- in team with it this time. Um, if I've missed that, then I apologise, Michelle. I just haven't seen one. I've been interstate, so I haven't been online. Um, the UK Games Expo, as we mentioned last time, has new dates. It's now happening from Friday the 31st of July until Saturday the 1st of August. Um, keep an eye on the UK Games website. If you had tickets from its original time in 2020 and did not request for them to be refunded, those tickets are still current, uh, regardless of whether this ends up being more expensive or not. Uh, that's just a, a bonus for you. Um, if you did get a refund, then you've got your refund and you'll have to buy more tickets because you can't have it both ways obviously because that wouldn't be fair uh the gen brush con, piece... wait, sorry bruce gen con gen, no, con, right. is the, gen con is the following weekend so it's uh august 5th through the 8th uh so that'll that be, hopefully sense. hopefully it'll happen uh this year again if you i think if you had tickets from this last year uh your tickets are good for this year's as well i remember that when yeah. i was doing my uh refund for my tickets since uh did you get refunded or did you let it ride? I did. I got refunded because I didn't know if I was going to be here around. Because uh, I didn't know if I was going to be in. So I, oh, yeah. I refunded my tickets. But I, I, if I remember correctly, going through that process, that they said tickets would count from last year to this year. So Yeah. Because most people, generally speaking, would have still been there. You were in a fairly unique situation. Yep. Um, the Brush Beast painting competition is going as of right now. It started on the 1st of August and it continues until the 31st. Oh, sorry. 1st of February. (laughs) Um, Do you want 2021 to be over that quick already? (laughs) I don't really have strong opinions on 2021 yet. Um, continues through to May 31st. Five categories. 
single miniature, large miniature, machine of war, masters, which is an open category, and a five model squad, which is a studio category. Uh, one entry per person or studio. It must be your own work, obviously. Pictures must be provided before it was primed and when completed. Uh, unless, unless it's master's, master's category. And, yeah, unless it's master's category. Um, because master's category, it not being primed first doesn't really matter because it's usually about a six-month process, if not longer. Um, Facebook.com slash groups slash Beast if you want to get in on it. Uh, this is a painting competition that's being run by the same guys that did that Studio X painting station that we discussed a few times. Um, yeah. That should be shipping it, here it. next month. I want mine. <laughs> uh, otherwise, anything else that you guys want to cover before we go into the end spiel? I think, I'm, I think we're good. Yep. I need a nap. I was going to say, George is jotting on camera. <laughs> <laughs> so, thank you to everybody that does continue to support us. If you would like to support us, you can do so on patreon.com slash getting tabled. We only ask for $2 a month. That goes towards us trying to improve the podcast uh, as well as get the equipment and so forth that we need, pay for the subscription services that we need to run this, most of which is being run out of our own pocket at this point. Um, any help that you can give would be massively appreciated. Um, e even emotional be, support. Yeah, like whether it's in financial ways or whether it's in sharing and subscribing and sharing us with people that you think would enjoy it. If you want to reach out on social media, facebook.com slash getting tabled is the main one. You can also find us on Twitter and Instagram at getting tabled. We do have a YouTube channel. Just search for getting tabled and we're literally the first result. In fact, I think we're the first 10. Um, and email is at getting tabled at gmail.com. Websites getting tabled.weebly.com. Um, thank you again. Thank you, George. Thank you, Captain Sox. You Although you're both up there, actually. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, no, you're down here. No. Thank you, George. Thank you. I've got to no. remember which way it's being recorded. <laughs> thank you, George. Thank you're you, Captain Sox. No, both of you are down uh, there. I'm on top. I'm on top. Yeah, he, I'm, yeah, always, so I'm always on top. <laughs> you're number uh, one. <laughs> Uh, what is it? It's this button. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. For listening to Getting Table. Music used in this podcast was created by Eric Mataris at soundimage.org. Awesome. So.